Hi, my name is Jennifer Smith and I am here to tell my story of abuse and healing through sexual trauma. Um, when I was 12 years old, I started to be groomed by a man who was a family friend um, of a family that I was staying with. Um, I grew up very vulnerable, so by vulnerable, I mean I didn't have a lot of family around, a lot of family support. Um, I was being raised by my um, single father at the time who um, was also very abusive and um, he kind of just dumped me off and um, yeah, dumped me off at a family um, that we had met through the Mormon community. Um, and during the time that I was staying with that family, I had started to be groomed by a man who was friends of the family. Um, his parents were Mormons at my local Mormon community, the ward. And I think the reason why he chose me was because he knew that I was vulnerable more than the other youth that were in the ward. He would always kind of be around where all the other kids were, you know, we'd play like capture the flag, which is like this game. Um, where all the Mormon kids would come together to park and he would be like the oldest one there. Um, and very quickly he latched onto me and started flirting with me. Um, and yeah, that's kind of how it all started. So very quickly, um, he started sending gifts to my house, you know, flowers, made me bracelet, said he was gonna take care of me, sent me candy on St. Patrick's Day. Um, yeah, just love letters. He actually got my number because he asked me if, um, he got my number because he was like, hey, I might need to hook up with you for future events um, if you want to organize like a game night or whatever. And I, as a 12 year old, thought that was cool. I was like, oh, this older guy who's kind of seen as the bad boy and um, is, you know, he's wanting to text me, like how cool. Um, and I kind of thought that it was odd, but I didn't want to question it because I didn't want to seem lame to this like older guy who took this interest in me. So I gave him my number and before you know it, we were texting very late at night and um, you know, he would send me a lot of dirty texts. Um, and I remember specifically asking him at one point, you know, I'm 12 years old, why are you talking to me? And he was like, I think you're just special. I think that I had a feeling when I first saw you that we were meant to be together. And as a 12 year old, you know, that's very strange to have somebody say that to you and you're not really ever prepared to respond or think that's like bad. It's, you just feel special at that age. You know, you're very impressionable. So, yeah, he essentially um, kept texting me, sending gifts to my house. Before you know it, um, we were hanging out together. You know, I kind of um, convinced the family I was staying with that he was safe. And he was also a family friend. And he had said to the family I was staying with, look, I will take care of her. I won't do anything sexual. I just feel like I need to look out for her because I know she's in a vulnerable position. You know, I was dealing with family abuse at the time. 
um, didn't really have a lot of people in my life that could keep me safe. And so he wanted to just conveniently take that role. Um, and it worked, you know, he didn't just groom me, but he groomed the family that I was staying with and they believed him. They believed that he would keep me safe. So before you know it, he was showing up at the house. Before you know it, he was, um, yeah, it escalated really quickly. Um, within a couple of months, I was very in love. Like my intentions were very pure. I was um, turning 13 and um, I felt like the cool girl in middle school who had the older boyfriend. Um, and there was even a running joke where I was quote jail bait. Um, but it was just funny, you know, like it was just this weird kooky thing that yeah, it's a little strange and like one in a million, but it's not abuse because there seems to be genuine love there, right? So I was falling for it. No one was really telling me that it was wrong. When they were telling me it was wrong, it was in a jokey way. It wasn't serious. No one ever pulled me aside and said, you need to really stop talking to this guy. That, that never happened. So I didn't trust my own doubts like I was a kid if everyone around me didn't have a problem why should I have a problem so um he would come over to my house when he would abuse me um it was mostly on the front porch of a house that the house I was staying at at the time um we would he would do stuff to me I never did any stuff to him um towards the end I thought we were having a legitimate relationship, but towards the end of our relationship, um, he there's a bit more pressure for me to do stuff to him, but I never felt comfortable. It was terrifying, the idea of doing that. Um, and I never did it. But when he did stuff to me, I thought that that was love. He would tell me things like, I love it when I make you feel good. I love it when um, like how self, how selfless am I? Like, I must love you so much because I'm only doing stuff to you. And, um, you know, even convinced me we were boyfriend and girlfriend, asked me to be his girlfriend, but of course wasn't telling everyone else in his life that he was dating me. Um, within a couple of months after me already being in love with him at this point, I was so attached to him. He was my first sexual experience. He was my first um, really romantic, emotional experience. Um, I would have done anything for him and he knew and he knew that um very quickly he started telling me you know we're doing this sexual stuff the world wouldn't understand our love the world wouldn't understand what's going on um i need you to keep it quiet i need you not to tell anybody and it didn't take much convincing like of course i was going to do that because i genuinely loved him i thought that if people knew they would stop our relationship but people did know people knew that we were romantic people knew we were together but people genuinely believed if not looked the other way that we weren't doing anything sexual and that he was gonna wait for me um but if people knew we were doing something sexual like he'd be in jail you know i would ruin his life this is everything that he told me um, I would ruin his life, everything would be over, and I would hate myself forever. God would be angry because he genuinely believed, he didn't genuinely believe, he told me he genuinely believed that 
God had told him that we were meant to be together and that the world wouldn't understand our love. So I need to keep it quiet. So if I didn't keep it quiet, then I'm breaking what God wants. At this time in my life, I was very new, a very new convert to the Mormon church. And he would weaponize God against me a lot. And it worked every time, every time that he said, you know, God told me we were supposed to be together. God told me he wants this. Um, I just fell for it completely. Um, and yeah, I kept the abuse quiet until I was um, around 14, 15. I ended up moving state. Um, I moved back in with my father and got a boyfriend in high school and had many boyfriends, you know, throughout my teenage years um, until I was, until now. And had kind of told them as a joke, like, oh, you're not the oldest guy I've been with when they were, you know, maybe a junior and I was a sophomore. Um, I'd make a joke out of it. And then they'd all ask me questions like, what do you mean? Who's the oldest? And then I would tell them the situation where I was 12 and this guy was 19. And then I turned 13 and he was 20. And then I was 14 and he was 21. Um, and they had kind of told me, what, Jen, like, that sounds like you were abused. And, um, that guy sounds like a creep, you know? And at this stage for years, I still genuinely believed he loved me. I genuinely believed that he grew me for two whole years. You know, like he didn't just sexually abuse me. Like there was a psychological aspect to it. There was the preparation for him not to get in trouble. There was believing that I was being loved. There was the belief that we were gonna be lifelong friends and that no one understands our connection. Um, and every single romantic and sexual connection I had after that, um, I always compared to the connection that I had with him. And for that reason, that's why my young adult, my teenage years and my young adult life was very difficult because my foundation for what I thought love was and what I thought a consensual, respectful sexual relationship was and what I thought um, a respectful romantic relationship was, was based off of what he taught me. Um, what he told me I deserved, what he told me was right and wrong. So when I was around 23, um, actually I need to kind of go back. <laughs> when I was um, 18, 19, um, years had went by in between my abuse with him and dating him again. I He had messaged me every once in a while, um, checking in on me, and then finally, when I turned 18, 19, um, or actually, he actually started talking to me right before I turned 18. Um, and I met up with him, he went to France. And for my 18th birthday, I wanted to, I asked my mom, I said, hey, for my 18th birthday, we pay for this trip for me to go and see him. So I met up with him for the first time in years since my abuse. And I felt sick. Like, it was the first time I'd seen him. I remember literally the first time I saw him um, at the train station. 
and I felt ill. 